Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And one of the missions that we had in the creation of this podcast was to grow people to become closer to the church and by default closer to the Holy Spirit and closer to God. And one of the things that I've observed kind of ex, uh, in the big picture, looking around the country at large, the city I work in at large, and the people I work with, is that overall, there just seems to be a giant tune-out factor of everything. And I have a couple of thoughts and theories with this, one of which being that We've hit the oversaturation point for the human mind. And once you are at the point where everything's being thrown at you, you can't catch anything. And I get the feeling that overall that is that is a, a big thing that's happening. And, you know, you see it most commonly on the news with Trump stuff. You know, either everyone loves him or hate him, but... It's getting to the point where no one's listening to each other. No one really cares. Um, you see it in another example with all of the social media. You know, your phone blows up every minute and a half if you have alerts set up for it. And you're so busy in that that you don't have time to, to do the other aspects of your life. And it's not necessarily that this is a new phenomenon. I'm sure that there's always been something at each fork in the road to overwhelm people. But I think that the difference now is is that the more that people have stepped out of the church is there's been less of a calming guiding force that is God. So I wanted to start with that general observation and just kind of have a conversation about it because I'm sure that each of us have experienced it in our own way and each of us ourselves can identify at least five people who are just checking out a various forms of life with of course the obvious problem of that being is if you're disengaged you're not getting anything out of it and you only get one life so going through it in a state of not being engaged in it just seems like a waste for lack of a better way to say it so father i wanted to let that kind of be the backdrop of starting today's conversation in today's podcast yeah, well, it's a great observation, Joe, and certainly we have experienced the impact of a a twenty four seven news cycle, mm-hmm. which then gets it seems like magnified even more than twenty four seven because there are so many engaged. You know, I think my memory is that CNN was the first one to create this kind of entirely news channel to have a 24 7 news channel and then we only had one you know if that's actually true i think it is Mm -hmm. you know the cnn was the one and then now we have everybody doing 24 7 news Mm -hmm. what in the world can we possibly produce 24 7 times 150 news producers i mean it's just crazy how much stuff is out there and it's a it's an interesting consequence of uh, of our technology that uh, there's a there's a book called Technopoly by Neil Postman that makes some really interesting observations about this. But 
the glut of information puts us in this place, as you described it, Joe, of kind of saturation and shutting down. It, it always makes me think with a little bit of humor of what happens with babies. You know, babies are so open to stimulus, to sensory stimulus, because they've never experienced anything before. If you think about when you walk down a street, you, you only notice certain things that are unusual. There's all kinds of things that you don't notice at all. But babies notice everything because they've never seen anything before. Nothing's familiar. And so if you take a baby into a very high sensory place, and I, I have friends who, who took a baby into like a kind of a restaurant, dance club, something or other, mm. and there were lights and sounds and uh, all these, these images and constant hyperstimulation, the baby just shut down and went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't deal with it. But I think that's kind of what happens with us with this super saturation of information. As soon as you start hunting around for stuff on the Internet, there's just so much. that You just kind of shut down and glaze over and don't process much of any of it. And then you kind of check out. and uh, Or you end up surfing. You know, it's interesting we use that term, surfing. Surfing happens on the surface. You know, mm -hmm. when if you surf on an ocean, you think of how deep an ocean is, and surfing is staying on the surface of it. And it's a really good description of what we do on the internet. We surf. We don't actually dive deep into anything to find out what's really at the depths of it. And probably that information isn't even available. You can keep digging and digging and digging and actually be missing all of the critical data to make a, a clear judgment about something. Mm -hmm. And so we do so much surfing, we exhaust ourselves with surfing, and then we have this feeling of futility that after all of this time spent surfing, we, don't, we still don't know anything. And then we just kind of collapse in the middle of it. And Neil Postman was identifying a number of things about the glut of information and he wrote this uh, 20 years ago before we had the, the Internet so massively developed as it is now. He was only seeing the, uh, the first streaks of that. But he pointed out that, you know, education itself, public education, formal education, really developed after the printing press because after the printing press, we started to have so much information that everybody couldn't read everything. And so you needed somebody who would read things, who could kind of tease out what's important for you, who could be a teacher, who could be the master, the magister, who would be able to uh, navigate the sea of information and tell you what's really important for you to learn so that you can develop into the you know kind of fullness of humanity and live life fully. Mm -hmm. um, but we have this idea now that all we need is more information but actually the problem is that we have too much information. We need more magistri. We need more masters, more teachers who can sort through things and help us to, to navigate our way through this kind of maze of, of too much information. And, yeah. and we need magistri. We need masters that we can trust who can lead us faithfully. And... Uh, there's just there's nobody who can wade through everything, but we do have some field experts, and as we develop some trust in certain voices, then they really help us a great deal. And you know, hopefully that's what our podcast is providing. You know, I think 
that would be a reason that people would want to tune in is they feel like at least in some of the matters of faith, Father Boniface has studied and prayed and can help us to sort through the, the, the massive amount of data that's out there so that we can have some kind of faithful uh, path through all of it in, in a way that will lead us to fullness of life. Now, I'm not the guy that you come to to sort through the massive amount of news that's out there, certainly not on Trump. I, mm -hmm. I, well, I, I gave up on trying to be the one to navigate politics a long time ago. I don't even begin to claim to follow all of the different trends and pathways and personalities and you know all of the things that are going on. I have some of my own field experts who do read a lot of that and who do understand some of the subtleties and they understand how to unspin the spin and they can help me to uh, be able to, to pass my way through through all of that that mess. But I think it's really what we need uh, to you know, and, and we need to help each other in that too, not just charging forward with preconceived conclusions and looking for data that proves our own point, but trying to take a position of discernment, trying to be responsible about it, trying to read things that are that are helpful, and, and trying to follow people who do, who spend all their time. You know, just as I spend all my time in the church, I'm refle reflecting on liturgical texts, and I'm working on people's spiritual lives, and I'm reading, you know, uh, spiritual matters and interpretations of things, and, uh, you know, I'm spending my time in the church, and so hopefully I can provide uh, somewhat that kind of navigation for people. Bishop Robert Barron has done a great service for us in a similar way. He's so immersed in all of that and has a platform to kind of guide us, guide those who don't have time to read and study everything. Um, but we need to find those people in our lives who are able to, to guide us faithfully, and not that we just follow them blindly, uh, but certainly they can give us a substantial starting point, and then we can also make our own decisions and draw some of our own conclusions. Yeah, and one of the, the theories I have what led us to that point with obviously your your pathway is the answer. You know, you have people who are actually experts in it and, and you know what's going on. But there's there's two sides of that equation. You have to have people who are listening to the experts and the experts actually being experts themselves. So I think that the first barrier that has held that is there requires on the person being the listener to have a level of humility and say, this person is an expert. He is better than this. And no matter how much time or effort I put into this, he is going to be better than me. My Google search and my Google skills are not going to make me better than him, regardless of what well the field said. is. Well said. And then the other side of the thing is the expert needs to be accountable to the actual facts mm -hmm. of the field, whatever it be. Yes. So it, it can't come in with a personal bias, as you said, having a conclusion and then just trying to draw data to make him right, but to actually be open and unbiased to it and you know it, it it makes sense if you know you're you're going through cleveland and you're listening to the cleveland browns radio broadcast they're not going to be unbiased they're going to be trying to sell up the cleveland browns non-stop <laughs> and same thing if you go through green bay those guys are going to be trying to sell up the packers but you know that going in and i think the problem you get is when people propose to be experts um, in fields that shouldn't have any leanings one side or the other that do 
And I think that that the both sides of that scale have fallen off to where people aren't willing to be humble enough to listen to someone else and trust someone else that they might not be the best. Um, and then the other side of it is, you know, the people who are presenting the information are, you know, I said accountable, pure, whatever word is the actual correct term for saying unbiased and true to the data that they're trying to present. And, you know, I think you know, there's natural capitalistic impulse, just taking the news example again, each of those networks are trying to get to their own demographic for their own ratings. You know, as a general rule, being more special, specialized is more profitable than being vanilla. So, you know, that's that's would indicate why they would go down their specific routes where you have, you know, networks that are designed to present one point of view or the other. And I think that, that the end product of that is inevitably, if you're only trying to pigeonhole one thing, you're going to get facts that do not finish through that perfect little circle you have down here on the left. It needs a fit over here on the right, but you're unwilling to to go to that. And then you come across as inauthentic, trying to lie and spin and or just disregard facts. And, you know, it, it just seems something that is is prevalent and but going back to humility and and authenticity and accuracy you know a lot of that stuff at least in my upbringing came from the faith and i think that us stepping away more and more from it as a general nation is making us more susceptible to this you know to this problem overall as kind of a a side effect that isn't identified as a side effect of what it is. So that being said, yeah. I don't know if that's down the right road or not, but no, I think it's uh, I think you made great observations that uh, we have this, this kind of problem of, you know, when there's obvious bias, as you said, just, just uh, very clearly and, and beautifully, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns announcers are going to be pro Cleveland Browns and the, Green Bay Packers announcers announcers going to be pro Green Bay Packers. You know that's not surprising, and we don't fault them for that. And we know what we're getting coming into it. But it's where you know it's networks where they propose to be unbiased. You know the Washington Post or CNN or the New York Times or Fox News or the uh, whatever. Um, you know they propose to be unbiased, but they're giving us all kinds of biased information preconceived conclusions and so it makes us all of that can make us very cynical as well you can mm-hmm. hear that maybe even coming out of my own voice as i if you could see my face you could see the, the furrowed brow and the scorn that i taste in my mouth when i say these things and you know it's amazing the the first document of the second vatican council was called intermerifica and it was published a, like a day before the uh, document on the sacred liturgy. Those were the first two documents that came out of the council in 1963. Intermerifica is on uh, social communications. And it's really a beautiful teaching challenging journalists in exactly these ways to be unbiased, to uh, find out the data, to present uh 
information, to weed through the, the information, the opinions, to try and present a picture that helps people to understand what's happening in a situation. And it's really a beautiful teaching. That's, that's really, uh, I wish journalists had taken it up. And, and it, it asked for things, you know, the church recognized this also in the presenting of Catholic news, that it's amazing how often journalists will present information on the Catholic church and they have no idea what they're talking about. I mean, they're presenting doctrine and dogmas and interpretations and positions, and they're just mangling things. Uh, that's the worst case. There are some who do it better. There are some who call on experts who themselves are heavily biased and confused, even even priests in some cases. But anyway, the, uh, the Second Vatican Council asked journalists to you know, actually find out about these things and ask Catholics to be journalists and to be journalists with integrity and to be journalists with, with transparency and with fairness and with, with mercy and to communicate things not in the way that makes the juiciest news, but the, nor the way that would just, or just trying to condemn uh, particular opponents or to promote some personal or uh, particular agenda or to really empty ourselves of that. And, and the church called on Catholics with integrity, with transparency, with honesty to be journalists who could actually speak about the church for one thing and then could speak about world issues in a way that is really merciful and and helps people to appreciate the, the, the complexity of every situation. You know, uh, one of the things, Joe, you made me think about earlier was in terms of this, uh, you know, the kind of field experts. And when I'm talking to somebody who is presenting a hard line about a, a topic that I don't know very well, and I think in particular I get into some of these discussions with my dad or my brother who are much more engaged in reading a lot of the different things going on in politics than I am and they present something, and I'll say to them, okay, now tell me the opposite side. You know, now, now you counter your own arguments. <laughs> I want to hear what the, what the opposite side is, and you know it better than I do. That's just a fact. I can't represent that side well enough to poke holes in what you just said, but I know that you do. <laughs> so tell me what the opposite side thinks. And that makes for a really interesting discussion where we start to see some layers of complexity. And that's just the reality things people are complex relationships are complex situations are complex and to think that everybody is making decisions with absolute clarity of thought and you know these kind of sterilized situations where there are no outside factors i mean the fact is we have bad days you know we have hormones uh, one day we have uh, sickness another day we have uh, you know, bad weather. I mean, there's just so many different factors that are not taken into some of the news reports and the judgments and, and everything else. So anyway, just to uh, say, being able to appreciate the complexity of life and having journalists that help us to, um, you know, navigate some of those areas is, is just so helpful and is, is really a challenge for us. Yeah. And it's, um, I think part of the problem is, and this genie can never go back to the bottom, <clears throat> everyone has a phone now. Everyone has a camera now. And everyone thinks that their opinion is the greatest thing ever. 
And I believe a portion of that is directly due to the masters that we were talking about in the beginning of this cast falling off their integ- falling off their integrity. So if no one is a master, everyone can be a master. So therefore, my opinion that I'm putting up on a video of it's the only opinion, therefore the best, because that master over there has no credibility. So therefore, there's no credibility gap that I have to overcome to put myself out there. And inherently, it's it, it's all a lack of humility. But I, I think that that's never going away. I mean, you're, you're not taking cameras out of people's cell phones. That is going to exist from here on until cell phones get replaced by something new. And even then, they'll probably still have cameras. So, it, to me, it comes back to being a moral issue that we had discussed earlier in the sense that each generation has to reinvent where morality is. We can build off a of technology, but not normally off of the morality of it. And um, this that's something that, that I worry about, that if, if the concept of the masters and the experts keeps getting torn down and torn down, inevitably you just have a lot of the blind leading the blind. And then there's going to be a big portion of the segment, which is what I you know, geared this cast towards being, that say, all right, there is no leader here. I'm just not going to care. And I think that there's a lot of that going on more so than, than anything else. The majority is just checking out. And I'm, I'm really scared that part of the checking out factors is including God in the, in the effort when really his message and actions that you have to be that go through the faith correctly are the tools you need to grow it. So like I said, that, as we conclude this cast here, are there any final thoughts that you'd like to add to this conversation to try to get it steering in the right direction? Well, I guess I would just uh, encourage our listeners to be careful about the the danger of cynicism, that a lot of the things that we're talking about are obviously things that everybody experiences, the kind of glut of information, the refusal to listen, the twisting of data, the miss, you know, we can, we can list lots of bad things, but that doesn't give us permission to become cynical and to shut down our hearts and to turn everything off. Now, uh, we may want to make decisions about how much time we spend reading the same news stories or where we get our information from. I like to shop a little bit from the kind of typically leftist uh, articles and the typically rightist articles. And I usually find that in the dialogue of those two things, I get a clearer picture. You know, So we may want to make some decisions about uh, how invested we get in some of these uh, information sources. But, but it's, it doesn't give us permission to become cynical. It doesn't give us permission to give up hope that uh, we, can, we can emerge through this that something better is on the horizon and perhaps to become the change that we want, as they say, uh, to, to perhaps go into journalism or to write our own blog articles that are uh, less biased and more clear, or at least honest about the bias and stating it up front. And so, so anyway, that would be my kind of final uh, encouragement for our listeners is uh, keep your heart open, stay hopeful, uh, make prudent decisions, 
and try to be better and encourage uh, the, those people who are presenting, who are writing and speaking and whatever, who are, who are better. Perfect. Perfect. Well, on that note, we thank everyone out there for listening. Hope that you have a great week. We'll be with you here next week. Please continue to click subscribe on whichever source you are getting your podcast from. So that way we automatically fill back into your podcast stream. And if you haven't done so yet, please do indeed leave us a review on whatever subscription site you're using. Um, Again, thank you guys very much and we'll be with you next week.